All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I truly believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who are get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us, they're not just salespeople. There are great human beings throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. Gang, this person is just, is a bright light in my life. I, I met her just even just recently, a month ago at a sales conference. I can't believe I haven't known her sooner. You know, when you're, you know, like attracts like, your vibe attracts your tribe. We were joking before that I'm a part of a community and she came on and I should have known her beforehand, but I want to quick introduce her. This woman is going to just really ignite you today. She's going to drop some quotes that you're probably going to want to a marker for or a, a pen for, but you're probably running on the treadmill or something. So just go back and, and, and save this one. She teaches business owners and sales leaders how to tap into the unlimited human potential uh, that they have to create diverse and inclusive culture change and disrupt the sales training status quo. She's, um, I love this, believes sales is a noble and worthy profession. Uh, she's been in uh, corporate American in awesome sales roles for over 25 years. I'm in pharmaceutical sales. She's worked for Johnson Johnson, Thermo Fisher, and now she got out of the rat race and she's an entrepreneur for herself and for others, teaching things like mindset and confidence and just making the world an overall better place. Please welcome none other than Michelle Baker to the podcast. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Alex. This is so exciting. Your podcast is just exceptional, so it's fun to be here. Thank you for coming on. And it's Michelle, I think, you know, not, yes. not just a Michelle, you know, you're unique. So there's not, you know, you're the first person who, who I know who is a Michelle and I like it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so we're going to get into a lot of things today, like about confidence and, and mindset and sales and all that stuff. But, you know, I was listening to a podcast you were on and um, I'm going to start off with an awesome quote you said, and it's really about just like, kind of the difference between like vision and goals and and you kind of like really have like a purpose in your life. So I want to first talk before I get to the quote, my first question for you is just something I think you can run with. And it's now like, I think we're all focused so much on like, what are our goals? What are our numbers? What are our outcomes? Instead of like, why are we here? How will the world be a better place for us being in it? And I think you're so clear about like kind of what you're doing today. You weren't always that way. So my question is kind of what uh, for you, Michelle, is kind of like what you think when you think about like why you're here, what you're doing every day, why you love what you do. Can you can you tell people kind of what you believe and, and how you work towards that? Oh, wow. Like he went deep, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so why I personally believe I'm here, it's as simple as to leave the world better for having had a life. Life is a gift and we're all gifted with this life. And I believe my gift to the world is confidence. I naturally for years always wanted people to see the positive. I'm a relentless optimist as a child. Like if you look at pictures of me as a kid, I'm always smiling. My mother said I was always happy. 
And so that's the joy that is my gift to give the world. So I just found a way to do it through something I enjoy doing, and that's sales. I can uh, remember early on in my sales career trying to sell, trying to follow the recipe that they gave me and being absolutely miserable. I almost quit. I'm going to be honest. I failed sorely in sales, except for a good manager who found a way to let me relax. And she found a way to just give me uh, a task that didn't take out, like I didn't, wasn't working towards selling. Instead, I was on the phone. So she said, just make this number of calls every day. So I didn't worry about selling. I just made the calls. And once I started doing that, I started enjoying the calls. I started being myself again. So I found my purpose in life is to help people find themselves in their life. So many people are wearing a cloak or a robe or a mask or something they think they should do or ought to do and need to do. And they're following processes and principles and belief systems that were given to them by well-meaning parents and adults in their life. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but if your parents didn't go where you want to go, then that map is not going to get you to where you want to get. Right. And so my work is about helping them to tear it down and rebuild it to something that's beautiful and allows their beauty to shine in that process. Yeah. You know, I I really, you know, kind of honed in on on something you said. It's just kind of like, yeah, sometimes we're so focused on steps and processes and sales and some people complicate it and think it's, it's, you know, it's really hard to, to kind of learn. Maybe you have to be in it for five, 10, 20 years to really, you know, become uh, maybe people feel like, you, you know, they, they need to get to some level of years of expertise to become an expert. But when you kind of just boil it down, it's really knowing who you are. You know, no one can sell like you. No one can uh, really has the traits you have. It takes, it's taken sometimes people years to really realize that. But it's like, like, how do I get that out? How do I, you know, just let people get to know me a little bit? But at the same time, you know, kind of practicing some of the fundamentals. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I don't let go of the fundamentals. I'm, you know, I make a certain amount of calls. There's follow-up, right? I use a CRM that reminds me like to do different things because it gives me the relief that I don't have to remember. So there are some fundamentals in the process of selling that are necessary. It's so interesting because as an entrepreneur, I constantly see other people who make this promise of you can build a business without selling. So this is a CRM or this is a process for people who don't like to sell, who want to build a business. And I'm like, (laughs) like, how is that even possible? Right. Why not just teach them to like what they do and have a better conversation so it doesn't feel salesy, but there's no way around selling. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I know. So we were talking beforehand that there's, you know, just all of life is, you know, selling is life. We even learned that in, you know, kind of the conference that we were at, you know, just like so many things in our lives, we don't realize kind of come down to just kind of like, you know, someone just kind of trusting in us, someone just believing in what we are and what we're talking about. And uh, maybe even like that starts with ourselves and, you know, just kind of like, maybe understanding ourselves a little bit more and understanding that all of the bad things and the good things that happen to us, like make us who we are. And so before we get into some of the tactics on mindset, because I feel like I always want to learn like how people became and how, how you arrived at this place where you are this, you know, optimist, or you are this someone, 
that walks, you know, and I'm not, I'm sure there's times in your life that you doubt yourself and that you're, you know, that you do get that negativity that comes in, but you, you know, you really, you know, exude that confidence and it doesn't come easy for you. So I want to go back a little bit and kind of like, just also the, the quote I was going to throw out to you is, and it really kind of hit me is it's just kind of like understanding that we are so like great, like just as individuals. And you said something, sometimes we try to fight, like you were saying, they, they put a mask on, they don't know who you like we really are. You said something like when you stop fighting what happened to you and realized it happened for you, you can use it, which is, yes. I was running and I was like, damn, man, I, I got it. That is deep. All right. Tell me more about that. Uh, you can use it. So Michelle, what are like some key moments in your life that happened to you, not happened to you, but happened for you? And, and uh, how do you think you've used it? So this has two layers. It, the, the one layer of is how to, to do this for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the other one, I'll just talk about some of the things. So on my background, I was raised in an urban area, a lot of alcoholism, pretty little girl due to math. So I'm the oldest and I was super protective of my siblings. I mean, I would take beatings on their behalf. That's how much I loved them. But I became very observant. So I knew how to come into the house with them. I knew how to assess how the adults were behaving. I knew how to keep the adults at bay, right? So that we, so me and whatever other kids, like I knew how to keep us safe. And I learned how to do that and how to really listen and hone in. So when I stopped begrudging my upbringing and being mad at my parents and just finally forgiving them and just accepting that this happened for me, I realized that I had like super understanding of people. Like I was really able to observe and hear what other people, I'm like, oh, did you get that? And they were like, get what? And I'm like, how didn't you like, and then I started realizing that I had this ability, like I could, I could um, start to see, like when I was working with managers, I could quickly assess what they needed and then do it without even being asked, you know, ask them the question. Like I just started to, and again, it was just a superpower. It was innate and natural to me because I had done it my whole, like I, I had been conditioned to do it unbeknownst. But as long as I was begrudging my upbringing and ashamed of my upbringing, I was never able to do that because it was all about me. It wasn't about me being valuable to other people. It was about me trying to get something to make me feel good. Mm. Mm. You know, so... Yeah, I mean, like, was there something that, um, you know, early on, like, because, you know, we all need to get things, we all want to feel better, we all need, like, kind of yes. immediate gratification. And I know something that, something like that, also, like, at the conference, like, for everyone, this was a quote that really hit me. And, you know, you're just making me think of it is, well, we, we saw a guy talk, um, his name was Constantine Johns, and he was really talking about similar things on mindset. And, you know, I want to be the number one rep. We all want to be like the best. We want to have the best numbers. We want to be at the top of the leaderboard and make the most money. And all these things are about us. And maybe a little, uh, maybe I don't even think any of it is about anything else other than we want to prove to what something that we can do it. And, and we feel like um, achievement is that, that, that best status. Right. And he said something like, you know, don't commit to the outcome. Don't make it about the outcome. Commit to being the person who achieves it. Commit to being the person who, who is that. Don't, don't make it about, I have to get that. Make it about becoming the person who gets that. And I was like, wow, okay, maybe that's, 
my goal isn't should isn't the number is it's it's just my lifestyle it's what i'm doing each day what 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 would a number one rep be doing let's just do that and maybe that the rest will take care of itself um so yeah i guess like the question for you is like kind of how do you you know how have you like had to shift how have you had to develop that for yourself what did you have to tell yourself to move from like that mindset of I want to get things to a man a mindset of ah. I want to become something. Okay, a great question. So thinking in terms of, and I remember when he said that because he also said another thing: your mentality is your reality. And I've quoted mm-hmm. him so many times on that one. So what I heard him say, and I say it a different way. I tell people it's only hard because it's not a habit. Focus on the habit, not the results, and that's the becoming. Because once you become it, you can't not do it. And it's because it's become a habit. It's your identity. Mm -hmm. So what I tell people in that instance for me was I was like everyone else. I was getting results. I kept getting promotions. I had bought a house. I, you know, had incredible jobs. I was making all this money. I was, you know, traveling. I was doing all these different things that I wanted. And I was still unhappy. I had the stuff, but I was unhappy. I just felt empty. I felt like something was missing. And so what I started seeking was I started seeking out people who appeared to be happy and I asked them more questions until I found people who were truly fulfilled, right? They were successful and they were fulfilled. And what I found out was they had purpose. They had a meaning that exceeded the stuff. The stuff was just a reward for them becoming someone better. And so they didn't stop. So when you try to be the number one sales rep, then once you get there, your mind needs a target. The unconscious mind doesn't stop just because you hit something. It still needs to go somewhere. So if you want to keep it, purpose is the perpetual goal. So purpose will just change as you get older, but it keeps you moving and keeps the drive. So you acquire the stuff as you continue becoming a better version of yourself. And so for me, that was my underpinning was, well, I started with my whole purpose was just to leave people better off for having met me. That was the simple beginning of my purpose, that when you met Michelle, you will walk away better for having encountered me because I was a miserable, unhappy person from a blue collar, abusive background. And I was angry and I would lash out at people all the time. Right. I was unapproachable. I was good at what I did, but I was very unapproachable. And so turning that around into being approachable, being valuable to other people was the work. And that started with just leaving people better off. Planting a seed, don't worry about the harvest, just keep planting seeds and eventually you'll touch enough people and it'll turn around and it'll be a habit. Yeah, that's so true. Like, you know, people don't really think in those terms. Like what if we had a list of just (laughs) how many people you left off better than (laughs) for having meeting you this week, you know? And let's be the leaderboards of that. And like, you know, okay, well, that doesn't equate to actual money. And I'm, I'm not talking about like sales is all kumbaya and everything like that. But, you know, like that, that is a, can be a metric that like, I, I wonder if you looked at the best, you know, salespeople, you know, that they're doing that. They're maybe not like, they're maybe doing it unconsciously. Maybe they're yeah. doing it intentionally, but like, that's a simple thing that, you know, we can just go in. If that's our intention, our actions will kind of start aligning with that intention right because like our mind is is just that's what what we want to do and unconsciously like you're talking about the unconscious and the conscious mind like unconsciously our actions are just going to kind of flow in that space so yeah maybe it's just like how many people can i 
leave better off this week than last week? What does that look like? You know, Um, asking yourself those questions. All right. So I know a big part of what you do is teach people like confidence and mindset. And I know that some of the the biggest falters in, in, you know, in selling it, whether it's in our business lives or just like, you know, kind of like, I know that's a huge thing for people that are, are not quote unquote trained salespeople. And this is for people that are just like, I don't know if I'm really, I'm not, I'm not in sales. I'm not, it's, it's not something that I've been trained to do. I've not ever had a quota. How can I build my confidence in sales if I've never actually had like had a quota or sold anything? Like, how do you work with people to start that? Well, it's a great question. So I also, uh, aside from working with salespeople, I also work with what I call client-facing employees. Okay. So they're not actually selling anything, but they impact the bottom line of how your company does well because they're touching the people who make a decision to work with you or buy from you, right? And it's all about instilling in them the ability to, it's the basic, it's leaving people better off right? What is the story you're telling yourself before you interface with people on a regular daily basis? Are you going to work saying this is going to be hard? You're angry, you're frustrated. Guess what? You can't get an apple tree from an orange seed. If you're going into any interaction with another human being and in your mind, it's going to be a problem. Why would you think it would be anything else? right? If you start work thinking it's going to be a problem, if you start off thinking, oh my God, it's so hard to get sales, guess what you're going to end up your day with? Or if you start your day going, oh my God, I can't wait to connect with people. I get to change their life. They are going to love me because I love what I'm doing and who wouldn't love me, right? That's practice. You got to consistently say it before. I always tell people, emotion follows motion. Before your emotions kick in into the belief of what you're saying, you have to consistently say it. People give up before their unconscious mind and their emotions catch up. They, oh, it's not working. Oh, it's not working. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they let the, um, yeah, the, the results like dictate their emotions. They focus so, on the results yeah. and not the habit. Yeah. So successful people in sales aren't trying to sell. They actually can't not sell. In their mind, there's no option. Who wouldn't want to buy from me? Have you ever met a top performing sales rep? Do they look like they even worry about sales or getting sales or getting new clients? They're trying to figure out how to close all the deals in a timely manner to get the bonuses, how to close all the opportunity that constantly comes their way because they have made it their habit and their identity to believe in themselves, to believe they're valuable to the people they sell to. That takes work. That's daily consistent work. And people who struggle in sales want someone to give them a quick fix and a one-day seminar, a book, a DYI they downloaded and think they're going to magically be able to do this. Yeah, it's, it definitely doesn't work that way. Well, you know, maybe could you, could you maybe offer up some of the work that you think people could do? I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not someone, and maybe I could be doing this, but I, I don't journal. I don't, you know, do a, maybe like a mantra every day. I'm not like reading to myself, but I do like, I'm just going into it. Like, Hey, you're right. I do have this purpose. Like why, what am I doing? What is the overall, like, Mm -hmm. why am I in this work? And for me, it's like, I want people to, my dad was, uh, you know, a teacher, um, a lifelong uh, teacher and learner and impacted so many lives of, of how they learn things. And so for me, 
I get so much joy when people love how they learn things and yeah. when they're um, excited about learning things and they actually change behaviors or they change in the, their performance as a, as a result. And so that's what I'm, I'm selling something that's really connected to something that I just, I love creating workplaces that people feel connected to what they do and fulfilled. And so that's some of what I sell. And so I kind of just tell myself that subconsciously every day, like, why am I doing this? But what is some of the work that you kind of would, would suggest people do maybe even if they're not in a role where there requires them to yeah, well, I'm going to uh, preface this by saying, I believe everyone is selling. They just don't know it. The last time you had an argument with someone, you lost the sale. <laughs> That's because you were having a conversation and you wanted to convince them or have an outcome or agree upon something. And it, they, they did, you didn't win. So that ability to be able to persuade people and persuasion is different from convincing. Convincing is they're doing it for you. It's obligation. Persuasion is they're saying yes for their own reason. So they're completely bought in. You've, you have shown them the way and they agree because they believe, not because you want them to. And that's a skill that top of, uh, performing sales reps have. It's such an incredible investment in life to be able to have these conversations that help your life, right? If you're working anywhere, people are scared to ask. I, I was somewhere once where someone was scared to ask for time off, right? That's your right. That's what they agreed to give you when you work there. How are you scared to ask for time off? That's because of the inability to have a persuasive conversation, to paraphrase it in a way or to approach someone because of the, uh, the, the lack of confidence. So I would say, start with something simple and one of the first places you interface with yourself every day is your bathroom mirror. And I think the woman who wrote the five second rule, uh, Mel, uh, Mel Robbins, Melanie Robbins, yeah, yeah, or Mel yeah. Robbins, she did the five second rule and she has one called the high five. So if you follow her, I will highly encourage you because she's taught, she talks about this and it's doing something in that mirror every morning, taping something to that mirror. If it's affirmations, Go print affirmations. I'll send you a link. I have some that I give to people, but you can just go Google affirmations, find some you like, print them, stick them to your mirror and start off every day affirming yourself. If you're not a fan of yourself, no one else will be. Stop expecting people to buy from you or to work with you or say yes to you if you're not saying yes to you. Mm, and that yeah. begins with that. Starting your day, start the day with something that affirms you. Get off the emails, off the social media, waking up thinking about all the stuff you have to do is detrimental to your day. You set your mind, you set your day when you first wake up, it dictates where you go and how you react or respond based off of how you start your day. I completely agree. And I like that, you know, like that, uh, just being a fan of yourself, you know, like, hey, man, let's let's get this day started. What are we going to do? I'm going to make my bed. Let me go work out. Like, man, I'm, 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 I'm into, man, this, like this dude, this woman is, is getting it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for her. I'm rooting for, you know, like you're not rooting for anybody else. You're rooting for me. Like it's, you know, you gotta be, you know, you gotta, yes. if you don't believe in yourself, you know, no one else absolutely will. And, you know, sales at, at, at its core, is just transferring that belief. You know, I'm, I'm yes. a Ted Lasso fan. He, <laughs> he's always talking about believe and believe, you know, I believe. He is. And it's, it's, a, I'm a, yeah, I'm exactly, it is all about that transferring that belief. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that they, they've proven that 
the person who talks to you more than anyone else on the planet is who? <laughs> it's ourselves. Like we, we yeah, talk to ourselves there you go. Like all the time. More yeah. than anyone else talks yeah, to you. Bad you and to negative. Your, you know, right? Negative and positive. Yeah. Negative and positive. So when you can change and flip the pendulum to just 51%, if you can just get to 51% positivity, your world would begin to feel magical. It will be like a drug and you will you, you, you'll ascend so faster into 60%, 70%, 80% because it, it's, it's, it's going to feel like, oh my God, how is this? And you'll know it's you because your unconscious knows all of these things. I always say you can't get everywhere you go. There you are. If you've heard that saying, you cannot get away from your unconscious. So turn your, that critic into your champion is how you win. It's how you win your more sales. It's how you win at life. Mm. Wow. Like, where do you see kind of like the salespeople you work with and maybe your clients, where do they lack the most confidence? What are the areas they get tripped up in the most, you think? Uh, great question. Some of the organizations I've recently worked with, they are um, either they have, it's a newly formed company or they uh, launch something that's really relatively new. The reps don't have a lot of experience with it. So they're going into an aspirational cell or they've, uh, you know, they've started a new division, brought on some new people. So it's, it's and when they're in that aspirational, so they've lost their footing. They were really good over here. Now you've taken them out and put them somewhere else. So they're newbies, right? At something. And if, you know, if that they, they are, if things keep changing within the organization, they might have lost trust or they might be kind of, you know, shell-shocked or standoffish because they're not, they don't know what's coming next. Right. So they got a little, you know, post uh, change trauma <laughs> going on in the organization. So um, I've been brought in a lot recently for either newly formed sales teams or uh, sales teams that are uh, adopting new products and offerings or launches or sales teams that have just uh, grown really exhausted because of all they've had to carry throughout COVID. And they're, they're just exhausted at this point. So I'm brought in to just um, show them how to use what they have, where they are and reignite. So, you know, igniting confidence, my tagline, just to reignite where they are. And, you know, and I tell people, I'm not going to tell you anything that's magical. I'm just going to show you how to use what you have, where you are and to light your life up again. Yeah. So, you know, we, we kind of move away from it, right? Like when, things might be uncertain or, you know, results aren't going the way we want them to. Yes. We just let that just completely control our minds because that's all we can see. And we can't see past, you know, what's in front of us and we can't visualize maybe like something better. You know, we're just, you know, yes. we, we can only believe like what we can see you know, and exactly. Uh, and, and it happens to every, everybody goes totally. through this, right? At some point, every team has gone through this, every organization that's been around for any length of time experiences this. So this is not, I'm not, you know, I tell people, this is not something that's new. I get these opportunities because it's becoming more pervasive, especially with, with so many new companies and new products and programs out there and post COVID people going back to live working. And so that's where um, I've been called in most frequently as well. But yes. All right. So 
Michelle, maybe go into like what you just were talking about, like around mindset and us, like, you know, we, we talk to ourselves so much and we kind of, you know, just believe everything that's in front of us so much. Is there kind of like a framework or tactic in terms of like, just kind of getting people to kind of like live with that more optimistic mindset that maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's having them see their vision. I know you talk a lot about like vision boards and stuff like that, and maybe bringing that, those, those positive thoughts, like in, into tangible things that people can see that maybe you've, maybe things that you've seen that really kind of, again, reignite where, where people want to be. Uh, yeah, great question. So the part of the work I do, everything I do starts with a clear and compelling vision. Even when people hire me, I would, would like when you thought about scheduling an appointment on my calendar, what did you envision Michelle could do? Like I asked them. And as soon as they stated, I go, okay, let's do that. <laughs> you know, I'm always um, tickled by their reaction. Cause they're like, really? I'm like, yes. Right. Because we get to co-create and that's the fun of the work that I do with people. And when I'm working with coaching clients, the same thing, if they want the one-on-one -on -one coaching, you got on my calendar because you either heard me or you were referred to me, but you followed that prompting enough to schedule, fill out the scheduling form. So there's something that you're believing you're at a juncture in your life where you're believing and wanting more. What is that more? So we can create it. And, you know, thoughts become things. So the first thing we do is talk about what that more is, and then we clarify it. Then we start working on the activities that support creating the person who has that. So it's first it's the what, then it's the why, then it's the who. Yeah. You know what? I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take something that just like asking those questions, like, you're here, maybe you don't know exactly why, but there's something that yeah. you've believed you wanted more, you know, yep. and that's like so important. Like, I don't know, maybe I can't articulate it. Maybe Michelle is going to help me, but like, she's asking me like, well, what do you envision? Like, what do you want? You know, a lot of people don't really like know, but when you, when you frame it up like that gang, like you could uh, like be in uh, so many different situations and you can, just get that feeling that someone's like, okay, someone's wanting more. They're, they're wanting something different. And you can say something as simple as like, Hey, like, you know, it seems like, you know, we're here together or you're, you're in a place where you're wanting more, you're wanting something else, or you're wanting something different. Like, like, let's talk about it and create it together. So I'm not telling you what you need to do. You're, mm -hmm. you're invested in it. Mm -hmm. And you know, let's just start with something basic, like, okay, maybe you, you, you know what you want or not. What, what do you, what would you envision it to look like? Like, I, I can't tell you like that has to come with you. I don't know. Okay. Well, where would you start? <laughs> exactly. Like that, you know? Yes. And it's always their start. I'm, you know, reminded of just the work and, you know, reading different books. And I go back to Think and Grow Rich. It's a book, you know, for entrepreneurs, business owners. However, I think anyone who has a desire for success, it's a really good read because a lot of the books that you see now on success are tied to, you know, a chapter or a portion of a chapter of that book. Um, and it's nothing great was ever created on this planet unless somebody thought of it in their mind first. 
They, they had a thought first and they followed through on that thought. If it meant gathering other people to really flesh it out and to, you know, create it with the team, or if they followed it and made a painting, or if they followed it and built a business or invented something, it all starts with the thought. Thoughts become things. So it's very important to me. And I won't work with you unless you're clear. Like I, it must start with your thoughts. All the work I do with any client starts with their thoughts. Yeah, you can help with the how you get there. Yeah, but you can't help with why you get there or what moves you to get there or like how you felt you needed why you felt like you needed to get there. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and and a lot of people like I, I love that that that. You know, if you think about it, yeah, nothing was, you know, no successful person became successful because they just did and um, someone told them to do something and they just went and did. They, they like really, truly like, you know, hugely successful in, in the terms that we think like just in, you know, changed the world or invented something. They, they thought of something, they, they, they had an inkling, they didn't really flesh it out. They didn't know what exactly it would be, but they, they just... They, they knew that there was something there and then they did the work and what the hardest part is actually pursued it and oh. acted on it. And that is really, really tough to do. And, and really like, and, and as an entrepreneur, like, I'm sure like, you, you know, you, know you, didn't, you didn't just kind of like get out of school and became an entrepreneur. That takes a lot of like self-work and self-actualizing and just, you know, why would I want to devote my life to this? What really matters for me to actually do the work to to do this and act on it. So it seems like you really do. I mean, some, you really do try to help people get clear, but in the end, if they can't, then there really isn't, you know, anywhere for you to go with them, but you at least try to yes. you ask the questions to help them get clear. It's not yes. I've, I've made every attempt. <laughs> I've made every attempt to be of support and value to them. And so, yeah, I, it's um, the work that I do is to help people to really, you know, see themselves as the star of their own movie, so to speak, and understand that everybody else that comes to your life is actually just supporting actors. Mm. Right. It's very important that you write the script, you create the script and you stick to your script. Right. You can bring people in like, you know, any good uh, writer does sometimes bring a team in to help you edit it as necessary. But it stays to what your vision of that outcome is. Mm. Right. And it's it's interesting how many people will go ask someone, what do you think I should do? Well, that's even if you do it, you're not, you're still going to have, that's where imposter syndrome and doubt and all those um, hesitation come in because it, you won't truly own it if it doesn't come from you. Yeah. Can I ask you kind of maybe like a favorite story? I'm sure you have tons, but like, and I'm sure you have things, some on your website, but like, what's one of your favorite stories of transformation? Somebody that came in that maybe wasn't very clear, or maybe they were just not that like confident, or they just didn't really know like what the future held for them and maybe didn't believe that they could sell. And, you know, through working with you, they really found themselves, maybe they even changed like all sorts of habits in their life and, you know, really felt fulfilled in the end. Like, can you think of like, does something come to mind to you? Uh, yes. I had a client once and he found me, he heard me speak on something on score or somewhere like that. And 
Um, he found me and he was a, a, a sales leader and he had really been struggling at his company. Um, and he uh, knew he was like, felt like he was going to get fired because he had just been struggling. He had went through a divorce. So he like, he, you know, <laughs> the kids were Everything fighting with coming. the wife, like the walls were closing in on this guy. Right. Um, and so it was just about, you know, getting him above the fray to actually realize that there was something better. Like, what was the better? Like, you got to see something past this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and once we created that vision, or, you know, when I say we, because I do, I actually do a lot of work when I'm doing a one on work, I do edits and I give it back. Even when I'm working with teams, they send it and I'll, I won't. It does the editing isn't as in depth when it's one on one, but I give it, I give them feedback so that the visions are clear right? Take out all the roadblocks and the detours. And so I can keep them on that path as much as possible. But once he wrote the vision, he actually got fired within two weeks. <laughs> and then he got on the call. He was so upset. And I was just like, dude, this is actually a good thing. I was like, you've written a vision of being an incredible sales leader, of getting a promotion, of rocking it out with your company. What would be easier? for you to go get a job with a new company and start off as this person or to try to convince this company where you've been for the last eight years, where they can't like, where you're not getting along to try to reconvince everyone there. He was like, Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) 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 Is that you're talented, you're gifted. It's not going to be a problem. Right. And I told him just write your ideal job. So Within two weeks, he was interviewing for his ideal job, right? So it was him understanding the power of what he had when he focused. When he focused on, because he was very good, he had had a history of hitting his targets, surpassing its targets. So it was just teaching him to focus on something greater than just an acquisition and achievement, to focus mm-hmm. on becoming valuable. To, yeah. you know, to create a vision of being incredible, getting a like, you know, I told, I come from divorce, dude, it, you got to get along with your wife. It's for the kids. It's not for you. Right. It's not about you at this point. It's about your children. So getting along with her, no matter what she says, is going to help them so they don't have to spend their whole adult life in therapy. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So but it was it was really fun. To see, you know, and then um, have him comment on something, you know, like uh, about 18 months, 20 months later on um, LinkedIn. So then I messaged him. We jumped on a call. He had a girlfriend. He had a good, like he was just doing so good. Um, And he was just like, and I tell people I plant seeds. So I don't often get to see the, the great harvest that I create. And many times people forget right? Because it's the foundation that I help them create that's strong. So they never emotionally sink in the, the circumstances outside of them. They're fortified in who they are and what they're, who they've decided to be. And as long as they maintain that, those daily habits and um, keeping that fortified fortress of their mind strong, they will expand beyond all their expectations. And he did, he did exceedingly well. It's one of many stories that I have, like I see clients on my timelines all the time. And I'm, I'm, I'm like a proud mama because I know that these people, when I started working with them, they were allowing everything outside of them to dictate their insides instead of the reverse. Mm, man. And it's so easy to do, right? Like 
even for the best of us, you know, uh, well, because that's not anything that's innate. So we're not innate to know that that has to be learned. That's a learned behavior. And most of us, have, we don't have any parents or adults in our life that tell they, they were falling apart when we were kids. So we grow up and fall apart. <laughs> yeah. You, you always get the parents like life is hard, you know, just kind of deal with it, you know, Fuck just, it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like just, you know, you know, yeah, shit happens or whatever, you know? And it's like, you know, I get that. Like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of pitfalls in life, but it's like, okay, nobody explains like what you do when you're in that place. Like, how do you pick yourself back up? What, what, what does the work actually look like? It's not just, you know, saying you have to like plan for the, you know, inevitable or plan like, or not even plan, but just expect the inevitable. Like that's some, you know, advice that I've heard, just expect things to fail, expect it to go wrong. Yeah. That doesn't, doesn't make sense. I don't, yeah, I would never say that. And I yeah. think, I think, uh, Alex, what I've seen happen a lot is that, um, people who've had a lot of success are the ones who are held in the highest esteem for teaching us. And they've had some trauma, but if you haven't actually experienced like lifelong, like just being hit time after time, you almost don't know what that sounds like in your head because you've never really had it. You've been able to push through it and raise up and just keep going in spite of all of that. But most of the people that are sitting in those audiences, they've never experienced anything remotely close to what you're talking about. Yeah, that's so true. Man, I, I, you know, there's there's a lot of places I would go. I, I I want you to leave people with, you know, your belief about why you think we're all in sales and just like you you talk so much, you know, around. That's uh, why I think we connected. That you know, it's just like at at its core, it's it's about connecting with another human being. It's about re realizing we're all we're more alike than we're not. Um, we all want to be, as I say in the beginning of this, seen, heard, and understood. And you know, yeah, you're, you're just kind of treating people as people, you know, people by that, that real person before, um, I mean, they ever get the feel of the, the, the sleazy salesperson, or I think that's why people recall, recoil from the word is that it just connotates like, yep. you know, just, you know, someone winning them, winning over on them. And so you believe it's a noble profession, you know, so the question is, why do you think we're all in sales and how do you think we can be norm, more noble you know, just as a society around it? Well, um, great question. And I believe we're all, everyone is having a conversation and needs something in life. So you're always, if to do your job, you need to talk to someone to learn more or um, get more resources for your job or your business or get clients or, you know, convince your kids to clean the house or, or to clean their rooms or get your honey to do the honeydew list or convince your brother-in-law to come to your house this year for Thanksgiving. Like everybody is having these conversations where they want the other party to do something that they wouldn't normally do. Every throughout life, people constantly have these conversations in their life. And what they focus on is trying to get them to do what they want them to do. So like me trying to get Alex to do what Michelle wants Alex to do, instead of thinking in terms of, huh, how could I share this with Alex in a way where he could see the benefit to him? And then allow him to imagine that and go, you know, and, and then ask, wouldn't that be something that would be great for all involved, right? Or even be willing to hear no. Many people get stuck on, they, if, they don't, if they, they don't even want to hear no, they think it's rejection. So they, they come in 
with a fortress up, like they got to convince people instead of understanding that it's either right or wrong. And what I tell people is what human communication is so limited in the right or wrong, instead of actually realizing that you could actually create a whole nother option. Like there's no limit on creation. You can actually get together with another person and instead of being right or wrong, show up curious and think about how can we make this better? Yeah. But that only happens when you are solutions oriented and that's not selling, right? A good salesperson thinks about the fact that I am leaving people better off for my product because when I leave people better off, they become my advocates and I don't work as hard. If you're constantly selling people, you're convincing them and they buy one time and they bought because you wanted to, not because they wanted to. And that's what happens in life. People think they're trying to constantly convince people to do what they want. Well, you're not building advocates. You don't have a network of people who support you and think about you, who you can call or get. If you do, you're always, and it's exhausting for the person doing all the convincing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then and then they are selfish. They think I have to do this and I'm doing it right versus creating this this community and this network of people where you get to do life together. You know, um, I, I, just to, to respond to all that, like, you know, curiosity, I, I think, is, is, is a very learned experience. What you're talking about is, is, is you know, is no is, 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 is a perfectly it's, you know, some people say it's the second best thing you could hear, you know, next to yes, but it's, 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 it's very, it's a very close to yes. Cause no starts conversations. A lot of times it starts, you know, curiosities. It doesn't mean you're okay. Then that one thing is gone. Um, it, let's talk about how, like, how do we make this better? How can we yes. create this together? What else, what are other options? Let's talk about some other things. Like, if you want to hear this in practice gang, like just call your airline. I was just, you're making me think of like calling my airline. Like, you know, I, I, I flew American this uh, past week. And if you know, American cancel like 1500 flights, you know, like, and you call up one person and the, the, the customer service agent, or even at the <laughs> airport, like, they're just like, um, you know, we, we actually got, um, someone to rebook us on a flight and give us a free meal, but then our flight, you know, canceled again. And so they're like, you have to go to the airport to go get, uh, a, a, a new flight or a new hotel and a new room and a new destination. You have to get them to give you the ticket. Well, the woman just said, no, I don't even know why that they gave that to you. It's, there's no way we can give that to you instead of going like, well, here's some other options, you know, here's how you may have gotten that here's, you know, and so like we were explaining our story and she was like, nope, you know, and we're like, okay. And I just call up American and boop, boop, boop. You get someone else on the phone who is more curious, more, you know, wanting to help or be, you know, she was not having a bad day. And she's like, let me see what I can do, man. You've been through it. I can see your history. You've been Man, I okay, like you meant to Yeah, yeah. You're like, can yeah. I talk to your manager? I am the manager. Okay. But this other woman is like, yeah, let me just kind of like, you know, see what other things I can do. And yeah, oh, she she probably just didn't go into this system and do it this way, or yep, yeah, recancel you and rebook it this way. And and that's what you needed to do. And that's that's all I did. And here you go. You know, so and, let and me ask you, done. let me ask yeah. you this. Did you call her angry or did you call her curious? curious i was like you know explaining i was like hey like here's you know we've had a heck of a time you know here's like what we've been through here's what we're doing like 
is like, what other solutions do we have? What other options are there? Like we're open to anything at this point. Cause like, we're helpless. We feel like we, we, we can't do anything. And like, this is what we're being told, but we were told another thing, like, how can we fix this? Like what, how could we work together on this? And she was like, hold on, let me, man, you have been through it. And then boom, it was like, I didn't call angry or nothing or, or yeah, frustrated. See? I was just like, you know, and, what can we do? How, think about how many people hang up and then call back angry. And the next person is like, what? I didn't do nothing. So yeah, they immediately yeah. go defensive. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you set the tone for another no. But you set the tone for a yes because you're like, one, this is getting solved. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need the right person, right? Yeah, so you yeah. were relentless in your pursuit of the right person, which starts that conversation off very different. And it's so interesting. Technology has advanced far beyond many of us even believe in our lifetime. Human communication is stunted. Mm. When you think about how much divorce there is, how much, like, think about all of the challenges there are in the workplaces, how many companies still struggle finding good people, how much, it's almost like, how do we get above that and begin to understand to, and advance our communication, eliminate right and wrong from the conversation and go, go become co-creative. Yeah. Co-creative is such so such a great word because it's like you know what it, it's assuming good intent of uh, always it's it's um, it's letting people have a say it's having it's it's letting people be involved um, and you know and then you're not really selling like you said earlier you're just you know yes someone's gonna believe maybe do something differently than they would have already done and and maybe that will you know some will call that a, a a sale, um, but you're not, um, your intention isn't to sell, your intention is to work together, collaborate, and to um, create together. And so I, I just love that word. So think about co-creating gang um, uh, when you're, when you're thinking about like, all right, I don't know how I sell, how do I do this? What are, what my mindset should be? Um, maybe approach it from what could we, what could we do together? How could we work on this together or solve this together? And, you know, maybe we create something that neither one of us would have known exactly. about before. Um, and yeah, and that's where pure, that's where innovation comes from. It's where people were coming together to solve a problem and leaving ego. They work mm -hmm. on that. Their focus is the solution, not who's the smartest person in the room. They understand if you're in the room, you belong in the room. Yeah. Right. I, I re recently saw um, something that someone said about Beyonce, how humble she is and she doesn't act like who she is. She was she her belief is if you're in the room, you belong here until you behave otherwise. Right. <laughs> so yeah. but her belief is you belong there. Right. If you made it here, you got a seat at the table. And when we start understanding that and not, you know, letting go of our egos of, you know, I've done this and I've known this and that, and just understand that you've been brought together for often higher reasons than you could even imagine. And when you just go into the creative, creative mode, the reasons will start to show up and start to unfold. And that's when the magic happens. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Michelle, like, uh, there, there's so much more we could talk and maybe I'll have you on again. Um, I hope you all got some great quotes from Michelle. Um, Michelle, I ask, um, people, you know, just to kind of like pick up on what you just said, you know, I think, you know, we, 
we, we create things every day. Um, we're doing things uh, that are only things that can come from us. And so sometimes the coolest things we can create or that we um, develop are things that, you know, only we can think up or things that only happen to us. So this is just kind of like a fun question about you to maybe give someone an idea or just to get to know you a little bit better. It's just a funny question. I ask everyone, it's like, uh, Michelle, Michelle, if you can um, think back to your life, if I asked your, your family, your closest friends, something that could only or would only happen to Michelle Baker and another way to look at it, it's like, man, that thing that is, uh, man, that's just totally Michelle. What, uh, what would that thing be if I was to, to ask like your family and friends about something that like only you would do or maybe a story that's only, you know, could only happen to you? Um, uh, well, in my family, it would be anything that seemed impossible. So, um, I've gotten a passport in three days. Um, <laughs> Come on, like, okay. how the heck do you do that? People, people I, had an expi- I had an expired passport and I got it renewed in three days. I was on a, was on a global wow. flight. Right. They were like, only Michelle could do that. (laughs) (laughs) She's determined. Determined in the face of people who were, when I told them the story about needing a passport to fly out in three days, were laughing hysterically. And I just let them finish laughing. It was like, okay, all right. I'm glad I brought joy. I just responded to, I'm glad I brought joy to your day. Now, I need to tell you a story. And once you hear it, if it's no, it's no. But can I just tell you this story? And I told them the story about my calling. And this is how I become an international speaker. And I did, I did this to myself. I know. I just need you to think of one person, not who can fix me. Once you hear the story, right? Once I finish the story, now, who's the first person you came to mind that might possibly maybe be able to help me? And every person, everyone they thought of was the next person on my path. I love that you asked that question. Okay, I got to say this. A lot of people <laughs> like would have reversed that question. And I thought you, where you were going with this is like, now, can you think of one person that could need something that I do or one person that could like use my services or that you think I could help? No, you reversed it actually. Can you think of somebody that could help me? Like asking other people, cause like now I've helped you. You're, at, you're not asking for business necessarily. You're asking just for help. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't even know what the, like, you know, you, 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 you don't know exactly what the help was. You're curious, but you, you've given people the context to think themselves and maybe sometimes, like, I'm sure you've reached out to people and go, well, like, I need help in this specific area. Like, do you know anybody in this specific yes. thing? But in that ca- casual conversation, you were just like, now that you know this about me, I'm, I, I don't know what I don't know. I'm, I'm open to your opinions. Like, who do you think could help? Like, I don't, I don't even want to just assume anything. I'm just curious. And they're like, I know the perfect person that could help you, you know? Yeah. And that led you, I'm sure, to like yeah. other people that other people. It led me to other people help me. And I've used that. So I learned from that how to say that over and over. So I say that often in business because people don't want to be your answer a lot of times. And if you take off the need, like if you have a problem, they're just as freaked out as you that they're going to get it wrong. <laughs> right. So when you take that, um, that, that level of commitment and obligation off of them and say, I just need you to think someone who, what is the first person that pops in your mind? 
right? Yeah, and you can and you can see, you can look at them, right? So you Zoom call or in person, you can see that they have a person. I, I, that person, I promise you, I'm not going to hold you. I just would love to have that connection. And it's always, it's never, it's rarely that next person is generally a path of going down. And it te- and that teaches you to be, you know, relentless. It teaches you to ask, right? So you learn. And I've, and when you listen to really successful people, they rarely get to where they want to go by asking one person. It's a series of asks and a bunch of no's. Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um well, where can um, people just, um, you know, find other people through you and, um, you know, f- just be, be connected <laughs> to more of Michelle and get helped by you? Where do you want people to find Well, you? so I'm going to, uh, I'll send you a link if they want to subscribe and get updates. So I'm really uh, restarting. I fell behind on my blog again because I get so many speaking events and then I'll sit down and capture it and write it in the blog. So the blog will be uh, be reissued in the next couple of weeks um, as well as on LinkedIn. I stay, I live on LinkedIn. So, um, you know, to connect there, it's a great place to build business and to build your, um, you know, authority and your expertise. So if you're really looking to um, up-level your sales game and um, create more opportunity and network. So um, you build, well, if you heard the saying, your net worth is equivalent to your network, I highly encourage you to start playing on LinkedIn in a different way, not trying to get business, but just going in and building relationship. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, we'll put all the links in uh, the notes and everything. And Michelle Baker. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Alex. Yeah, this has been so fun. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.